he just, just learned, he just turns off whenever I'm doing that. Cause I work it out myself. I'm not really asking for help. I'm just working it out. It's just a little bit of that. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's after Instagram. Well, you text me though. Taco Bell is my form of communication. <laughs> if you want my attention, you say, Nate, Seriously. I'm buying you a chalupa. I'm showing up at your house with a chalupa and then I will listen to you. It's true. <laughs> Nate and I are not singers. Otherwise, we would sing happy birthday to you. Uh, I, you don't need to sing. It's okay. We're definitely not singers. You do. Your birthday wish should be that we don't sing you a happy birthday. Like Granted. This is the messy back end, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail. So we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. Welcome, thank you, thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. According to a Forbes article, most startup mentors tell me that the single biggest problem they have is the lack of open, honest, and effective communication, both from the top down and from the bottom up. And what if you are working with a spouse? That could cause some major communication issues. Remember, Nat Turner rightly says, good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity. It's a good thing we have great communication, Nate. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Amy House. Amy is a business success coach, blogger, blogger, and speaker. She's the founder of Growing Out Loud, Darlin'. As a business consultant, coach, and trainer, she is an expert at helping business owners, executives, and teams find the achievement and fulfillment they desire in business and life. With over 20 years of marketing and business development in the real world and entrepreneurial experience, she knows a little something something about what it takes to grow out loud. She is a steel magnolia and brings that sassy yaya wisdom to help your business grow out loud, darling. And you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Amy will not only share her experience, expertise, and the tools she suggests to get your backend cleaned up. She will also expose how to understand the two forms of communication you must utilize for effective results. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to communicate your question or story with us at the messy backend, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend. Brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. 
We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backend bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fan. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Amy House, for her expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. Today, we have a messy question slash story slash confession submitted by one of our listeners. He says, my business is growing because we have our SOPs in place. We have the tech down and we are supporting our customers with our services. However, there's a piece missing. I believe it's communication. How can I get my team and myself all on the same page. P.S. My wife is also my business partner, and boy, do we have miscommunication issues too. Oh my goodness, this is this is like a question right up my alley, guys. Okay. I y'all couldn't have saved a better question for me ever. So first of all, Sheila and Nate, thank you for letting me be on your show. You guys are fabulous. Not only that, you 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 make business fun again, and that's what business should be about, right? So, listener, just just so you know, I work with my spouse as well. Um, we have a team of five. We too have our SOP and all the stuff, and business is going well. And just so you know, my husband and I have very different communication styles. Probably. It was the biggest obstacle we had to overcome in our marriage and in our business. Hmm. And then you had to wrap in to add other people that weren't your children, right? And how you were going to get them to do what you needed them to do and engage in a way. And then let's be honest, even in sales with our clients, we are probably not always the best at communication. And the first rule that I would tell you to pay attention to is, are you or your wife an external or internal processor? And what I mean by that is I'm an external processor. If I have a thought by talking it out, I need to, it's how I vet what's going on. It's how I gain clarity. It's like almost throwing it out into the universe and, and letting the pieces of the puzzle fall together and I can see it. My husband is an internal processor, right? Meaning, He holds everything inside until he has it perfectly formed, and then he will share it in three words, right? Like, that's it. It's not going to be like a paragraph or even like descriptive words. It's going to be like three words that he's going to give me, and I'm supposed to get from that what he means. And so we actually had to create a way of, of talking through things. The first thing you have to realize is if you're dealing with an external processor, the more ideas you put out into the to the universe for them, more ideas are coming to them. And so they can talk over you and start word vomiting on you. I had to learn that when I finally got him to share in more than three words that I needed to shut up. And that may mean that I needed to sit there and take notes or write down ideas that were coming while he was 
he was sharing his part. But if I truly wanted him to communicate with me, mm-hmm. I had to learn to be a better listener for him. Yeah. The, the other side was true, right? I mean, if he's just totally internally processing, we have whole conversations. And even in even our staff will say, Coley, I think you had that conversation in your head and it didn't actually come out of your mouth, right? And so part of what you have to help an internal processor understand is the rest of us can't hear the, the, rat, the rat wheel that's going on in your head and we need you to like verbalize it. And so I actually do this when he's talking, if I need him to expound, which is I'm waving my hand, listener, in case you can't see it. I'm, I'm giving him the give me more, feed me more, give me some more, because he will give you the shortest amount, right? right. But it happens in our staff, too. There are those that, for instance, we have a CRM that we use, but we also use it for project management so that I don't have, to, I don't want to micromanage anybody. That's like having your mom nag you about picking up your socks off the floor. That is just not a thing you ever want to experience again in your life, right? Adults don't like that. And it tends to run off very talented people when you micromanage them. And so we actually created within our CRM part of our, so that we didn't have to go somewhere else. We didn't have to have all these multiple apps that we were going to, but a way to see what everybody was working on, what needed to be reviewed, um, where they were in their status so that we didn't have to email them and go, hey, give me an update. We could just go in there and we could see it, right? If we had questions, questions could be uploaded there. They could answer when they got around to it. Everything was good and rosy. You're going to realize your team, you have external processors and internal processors on that too. Here's how we handle that in staff meetings. Because internal processors need to think about things before they answer it. They're very concerned about giving the wrong answers and looking dumb in meetings. I send staff agendas ahead of time with whatever we're going to talk about or whatever they need to talk about so that they have at least four to five days ahead of staff meeting to process what's going to happen and what they're going to share. Right. And that's even like for open discussion topics. You may decide, hey, I just need some staff updates. But then today, guys, we're going to talk about marketing for this particular product or service. Or we're going to talk about third quarter sales goals or whatever that is. Come with your ideas. They're more likely to talk when you've given them time ahead of time to process that. Now, for your external processors, who've now come to the table with 452 different ideas, (laughs) you need to say, for you guys, you only present your top two, and you have two minutes to share, to pitch me why, why? Because they could go on for hours, Mm. right? So that's how, as far as communication within our marriage And in our business relationship and with our team, that works. But, I mean, think about how it works with your customers, too. External processors are the worst at overcommitting you to doing work without putting the right bid in front of the client, right? Because they're sitting there and they're listening to this client go, oh, and we would like it to do this and we would like it to look like that. And instead of saying, hey, let me go back to, to the board and put together the right proposal for you 
an external processor is going to sit there and go, oh, and we could do this too. And we could do that too. And mm. what they forget to say is, oh, and it'll cost you $4,000 more. <laughs> right? I've, I've made that mistake before. <laughs> um, and then the internal processor who was on the call with me afterwards, he said, hey, Nate, remember what you need to say is, that's a great idea. Let me bring it back to my team. Yes. Then I can figure out the timeline and the cost, and then I'll come back to you. And that's, yeah. that's a phrase that I have to say every time I want to go, yes, that's a great idea. Let's do this. Let's do more. Let's go. Yes. Bite your tongue. Okay, let me you, take it you back. You better believe it because I get excited too because yeah. I'm sitting there in the pitch meeting with the client, and I'm like, oh, and this will be fabulous, and this will be amazing. And then you start promising things not not that you don't recognize there's a cost it's just not on your mind when you're excited about an idea right internal processors though have to be careful as well in a sales meeting because they can come across as if they're they're now not sure that we can do that what their hesitancy in getting excited about it and then telling the client hey let us let us rework this and come back to you with a different proposal with all of the things they tend to come across almost as if they're a little cautious that we can now do it. And so then it breaks the confidence that mm. that particular client could have. I know that when my husband and I both pitch to a client and we're both together, we now have signals for each other of, hey, you're coming across like you're not as confident for this client. And at the same time, he has signals that he can give me of, hey, yo, pull it back a little, sister. You're getting a little too excited. We need to make sure that we're doing everything the right way. And so it's a way that just by knowing how we communicate, right. the, the pros and cons of it. One is not better than the other. It's just that we tend to expect everyone to communicate the way we do. Right. That is not the thing. I think too, I think it's helpful that you are noticing that there's a communication language. I mean, it's like the five love languages, right? There, there are five love languages and I'm going to say there's, there's, you know, you're saying there's two communication languages. It makes total sense to me. I'm 50, 50. It just depends on my mood and what we're talking about when it comes to marketing. I'm an oversharer like you. And when it's something that I'm a little less familiar with, I'm a little less sharer. But what my husband and I noticed actually is that we receive differently than we give and we need to pay attention to that as well. So like you and your husband have figured out like, you know, what kind of communicator you are. He knows what kind he is, but you also understand how to, how the other one is communicating with you and vice versa. So it kind of has, there's a, it's a two way street anyway. I'm sure I'm explaining it so perfectly or poorly, but there's a two, it's a two way street. And I think recognizing that, I think that's, um, that's a mic drop. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I think we we get we get critical of our spouse in business. I mean, we most of us have those moments anyway in marriage, right? To have a long-lasting marriage, you have to learn how to work past the bump. In business, it works the same way. And more than likely, if you have a communication issue, it'll show up in a similar way in your business, right? And we laugh all the time that he communicates the same way in in our marriage that we do over here. It's just we haven't we've been married longer than we've been in business. So I know how to navigate this in our business, in our in our marriage, but I had to relearn how to do it in our business, right? And then I had to teach the staff 
how to communicate with him too. And he had to learn how to communicate with them. It wasn't just the two of us. So it's, it's very much like when you have your first child and they finally can speak to you. And then when they finally can have a conversation with you, now you've got this third being that you have to learn to communicate with. So I think what happens with business people as they leverage their companies up and they add team members and staff members, just recognize every time you do it, everyone on your team is going to have to learn how to talk again as a unit. And part of your job as the leader is to role model how we go about doing that in positive ways. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah. But no, we even had, I had to learn, I couldn't like brain drop on people in staff meetings like, okay, people, today we're going to talk about this because only two of our staff would get excited about that. Everybody else at the table looked like I had just punished them, right? And you're like, oh, so this isn't going to be a fun discussion and we're not excited about it. But if I gave those people warning ahead of time, we are going to talk about X, Y, Z, please come prepared and excited we had much better brain dump sessions and everybody contributed, which is really what you want. So. A brain dump from an external communicator is much bigger than a brain dump from an <laughs> internal communicator because the internal communicator thinks they're dumping, but nothing's happening. Like you don't even see anything on their face. This is so funny because I never realized that those were the two types of communicators because I am both. Like I said, I kind of, it just depends on the situation. Um, and so understanding that I think would help us in more than just business. This is one of those integration things where you integrate it into your business and you integrate it into your, your everyday life. Like if you're at a networking meeting, you know what type of communicator there are. And if you communicate back to them in the same way, they're more likely to like you. It's like you said, with the clients, if you do it with the clients, they understand you better. Um, and then you don't end up with that extra $4,000 that Nate likes to throw on top, you know? Well, <laughs> and I always throw $4,000 on top of me. Like I won't, I won't complain about the loss, but <laughs> you need to charge the client the $4,000 and that's not that getting fired. Great scope creep there, you know, where it's just, Oh yeah, we can do this. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally possible. Yeah. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. I, I make that mistake a lot. I get really excited about things that I know how to do. So, yeah. No. And I think to speak to the client issue, I think the reason people stop doing follow-up in the, in building their sales funnel in which making sure that they stay in front of people so that when the right moment happens, that that potential prospect is ready to move. Mm -hmm. So it, it happens a lot. And we have this discussion both as business partners, but also with our team, we will send an email, right? And it's crickets. There's no response. You've met this person, you've shook hands, they know who you are and you've emailed them and there's zero response. So then you email them again, there's still zero response. And your lot, your human mind goes, well, they don't like me. They're not interested. What you fail to understand is they communicate by phone, like you need to call them, or maybe they communicate by text, or maybe they prefer messenger or whatever it is. And so we've, we've now had to institute with our staff that when you reach out and you connect with someone, if they don't respond back, try a different mode of communication, mm -hmm. right? 
that everybody likes email. In fact, there are some people with 14,000 emails that they've never even opened. And you go, well, then what's the purpose of sending you stuff there? Yeah, don't do that. Just send, send me everything through Google Doc, through a text message. And you go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting way of communicating. But if it works for you, that's what we're going to do, right? So we even pay attention to not only are they external and internal processors in our conversations with them, what is their favorite mode of communication, period? Mm-hmm. Then that's what we need to communicate with them through. It has increased our ability to stay in front of prospects by paying attention to that. Um, it has allowed m- my team to not feel like they were salespeople that were failing, right? Because we're all in sales and it, you can feel like, okay, so I know 4,000 people and only 10 of them are talking to me. Well, it's just you've chosen to always email them or you've chosen to always text them or whatever that is. Even when I coach clients in business, I will say, okay, switch your mode. Do do it a different way. And then they'll go, oh, six people responded. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. You figured out they like text. So communicate in the style that people want, not what's comfortable always for you, right? So. Yeah, yeah no, that's a that's a big thing too with with me and being a photographer. You know, a lot of people find me on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, and if I never check those messages and I don't communicate that way, like if somebody reaches out to me on link on Instagram and they're like, "Hey, I want to start talking about this," I'm not like, "Oh yeah, what's your email? Let me start emailing you." And I know so many other photographers who do that because they're like, cool, I've got a lead. Let me put them into my email funnel. And I'm like, why though? This is how they reached out. This is obviously their preferred. And I'll ask them, I'll say, hey, do you prefer? Like if I respond back and then they take a couple days to respond, they might say something like, hey, I'm usually not on here. Could you text me? Could you, you know, I go, absolutely. Let me, let me adapt to how you prefer to communicate. Um, yeah, it's just like you need to go where the client is at and where the client's comfortable. I had another conversation the other day with somebody who she was like adamant that you should never text a client after 9 p.m. And I said, why? Half of my clients are moms. The only time they can text and communicate is after 9 p.m. when they put their kids down and everything. It's They're never even looking at their phone before that. So why why would I try to communicate with them before that? And she was adamant. Well, those are not your, I'm like, fine. You can leave all those clients on the table. I'll take all the clients who are busy until 9 PM. Good night. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I message clients and I have clients that message me at five 30 in the morning. They're like, we know you're awake and we know you're, you're responding because that's, they know my routine. Right. And so I don't care when they're, when they're coming at me right. <laughs> and exactly. I don't care what mechanism it's all about the mechanism they want. And, and I think that was when we realized as a, a married partnership in business that this was a communication thing, then we started adding it to our staff. And then it was realizing to teach them how to do it with potential clients or existing clients. It changed the communication. It, it did feel like we were truly communicating. That's not to say that we've got it perfect. Um, it's not to say that the the internal processors in staff meeting will catch us external ones going off on a rabbit trail and they'll go, that was not the topic for today. Everybody come back. 
right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, And so we do that and we are able to call each other out on it. But it was partly because we want everybody's feedback. Um, And we we had to learn respect in communication and also personalities and all of the stuff. But if you think just the marriage relationship, if you're business partners with your spouse or your partner in life, that that's a struggle, then add on the team members and you'll begin to realize just how important taking a step back in communication really is. I wonder then, um, so one, one of the onboarding things with lock and load marketing is we actually determine right up front what our communication is going to be. Um, I personally don't want to get texted at midnight, but if they want to text me at midnight, they can, but they need to know that I'm not going to reply until eight or nine the next morning. And so as long as you have that understanding, it doesn't really matter which type of communication you're using, but then you kind of look at this situation from another social media standpoint. So social media used to be Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Now it's like Clubhouse, Instagram. Oh, MySpace. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. You are. No, I'm kidding. So, you know, <laughs> oh, okay. but, but soon you do actually start to see, okay, there are a million ways we can communicate. And so then do you think that it's a good idea for your company to decide, like Nate said, this is how I communicate. That's how she communicates. Don't feel like you have to communicate in every single way. I had VAs who worked for me who could not stand slack. They would not go on Slack for anything. I could not get them to reply to the comment. They always started a new thread, you know, whatever that is. And so you kind of have to get to this point where what type of communication are we going to use? And if our clients communicate in a different way, is there a balance or are they really just not our ideal client? Do you think that you need to start? Otherwise, you're like all over the place and you have one person. All they do is communicate on every platform all day. So we, we helped, there were a couple of things we did, Sheila, that kind of helped streamline that. So I, I, I would agree with your people that wouldn't respond on Slack. It, originally, we had a CRM. We had like a project management tool. We had all of these different tools. And I'm like, I, I can't do that. I need it all in one. And so we literally, my, my executive assistant spent like a month trying out every free trial system that was out there and kind of narrowed it down based on how we we needed to function. And so what it allowed us to do is we have three different silos of division of work in our organization, and we were able to actually retitle certain things in this particular CRM so that each of those silos stayed within there. So as far as a team, we only communicate within our CRM project management tool. And because onboarding everyone that way, they just knew it, right? Um, and it, it made it a lot easier from that point of view. She was one of our first. So we only had a, another part-timer at that time when we made that adjustment. So then after that, everybody we added in, it was a no-brainer. This was the one and only system. We all communicate here. Um, as far as our clients, we probably narrowed it down while they can use Messenger, while they could use Instagram, we kind of said that for legal reasons, we needed it to be text or a phone call or an email because all three of those actually integrated with our CRM and left a digital footprint of all those communications. 
if we were ever sued as a company and every company needs to recognize there's a liability to doing business, as long as there was a, a written a notation of that for legal reasons, at least from our from our attorney's viewpoint, we were protected. When we were looking at things like a social platform, we were a little less more vulnerable because if Facebook decided to do something interesting, then we didn't have that. So our CRM actually, anytime we made a phone call, it logged it for that client, recognized the phone number. If we were sending a text because it was a phone number, it recognized that. And then emails, it was it was keeping a digital footprint of all of our communication with that client. So we were looking at it from multi multi ways. You know, what how, let's reduce liability. Let's make make sure that we're legally protected. Um, let's make it streamlined for both our clients and anyone working on our team. These are the three ways we communicate with clients. So when they do messenger us or they do Instagram DM us we try to move that conversation to another one of those three just so that we have a better tracking on that communication. Nice. I like that. And I love that you were able to find that tool. You know, we, we talk a lot on other episodes of like finding the right tool for you. And I love that. Like, that's kind of what you, you said about that is, you know, you wanted to find that that CRM that also had the project management tool, also had the recording and everything. Because as you know, there are plenty of great CRMs out there. And they're great, but you have to find the one that is right for you to help you guys communicate better yes. internally as well as externally with the clients. And so you guys have found that one tool that works the best for you. And yep. it can be a different tool for depending on whatever our listeners audience or their business is. Correct. No, so. absolutely, Nate. I would I would agree with that 100%. And I mean, even in trying things out, the reality was there was never a CRM that did 100% of what you wanted. Mm -hmm. It was getting one that did as close to 80% of what you needed it to do as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're we're still hopeful as time goes on that the one we selected, you know, listened to some feedback of It'd be nice if this did this too, or if you ever added this on, we would be interested in that, you know, because yeah. those kind of app developers, they're listening, but they're also not necessarily hands-on every day using it and application-wise the same way you are. So yeah. I even think if you're using a tool periodically, you should be sending a note or connecting to customer service and just saying, hey, Wanted to know, are there any features coming down the pipeline? Mm -hmm. This is something we would be interested in. Are you in development for that? So, right. Absolutely. Cool. As somebody who used to work for a software company, uh, well, two different software companies, but this particular one is a CRM, an automation marketing tool. Um, it's one of the bigger ones. You've definitely heard of it, but they, I'm not branding them right now so i'm not going to mention it on here but a lot of people already know it because we say it sometimes on these episodes um but yeah absolutely give them feedback they want to hear that feedback from the customers because that's how we we you know we better. develop new software tools and features of the software so absolutely give feedback um and then another thing that i would just want to add like what you were saying a lot of tools you want to find the one that can do 80% of what you can do. And 
a lot of people don't know this. So I'm just going to give a little bit of extra expert advice here is a lot of these CRMs have what is considered an API where you can connect and develop uh, your own additional add-ons. Um, and I, I've worked with kind of like more boutique marketing agencies that develop those type of things before um, where a client comes to them and said, hey, we want for the software to be able to do this. We can't find a software out there that does this. Can you guys build that? And they go, yeah, you know, you, you write a big enough check and slap it on my forehead, we can write, create anything. So just to say that you're never up a creek without a paddle, it's just how big your checkbook is if you wanna airdrop that paddle right to you, you know, but you can get stuff done, so. No, I love that you found that tool, though. That yeah. So I think it's it's everything from the face to face. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, the listener question was, you know, I'm working with my spouse. First right. of all, I know we need to communicate better. Mm -hmm. So take a look at what your styles are, right? Just as in your marriage, you would have you would have to be aware that what you already know their style, and that gives you a leg up on how do we how do you and I better communicate. Then mm -hmm. it's okay, are we seeing the same struggles within our team? And what do we already know about their personalities? If they've been working for you a while, you should be able to kind of just by eyeballing it, so to speak, know what their styles are. Are, are we having trouble in staff meetings getting everyone to talk? Do the same three people talk all the time and the others sit there quietly? Well, there's your indicator, right? Um, and are we having that show up in sales meetings, whether it's follow up with it's a communication style to get them to understand that just because someone doesn't reply this way, let's shift the mode and see if they reply this way. Mm -hmm. Or if it's sitting there in sales pitch presentations and having a better sense of how do we how does that client communicate? How do we communicate? What are the pitfalls that we could find ourselves in in a pitch meeting? And we need to be aware of that going in um, and, and just being better aware of how communication is the core of how we do everything in business. Even when we use technology and marketing, it's all communication essentially is what it comes down to. I mean, you, Nate, you were saying earlier um, before we actually got started, you were talking about how a great photographer can captures the personality and the energy of the person they're they're showcasing that's a form of communication i mean that's where we build the no like and trust factor from a visual and mm -hmm. so everything in business is the person to person people connection and words and mode of communication are, are clearly at the source of that so definitely communication is part of your brand a lot of people confuse brand with a logo Definitely communication is one small piece of a brand. Amy, I know that you are tremendous because I've hired you as a coach and I hire you for some of my clients as coach for the coach because I don't do coaching as well. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us on the podcast on your birthday. Yeah, well, happy birthday. <laughs> no need to sing, everybody. It's okay. Yeah, this is not one of those singing podcasts. This Everybody's singing in their car right now. I can't yeah, sing to press pause, sing to... To Amy. Okay. Awesome. Great. Good job. Proud of you guys. Good Thank, job. You guys. Thank you for having me. I yeah. really. Yeah. Amy, uh, I know that our podcast listeners are going to love what you have, have had to say today. 
uh, on this episode. If they want to find out more about you and find you on social media or wherever, where can they go and find you? So you can either find me under my personal pages, which would obviously be Amy House, or you can find my company, which is Growing Out Loud Darling. Drop the G's, y'all. Um, or they could go to my website, which is www.growingoutlouddarlin.com would be the easiest ways to find me. Cool. Just depending on where they want to go. Awesome. However you want to communicate, go communicate. (laughs) And I will respond. I promise. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. It was a pleasure having you today. Thank you. to today's episode of the messy back end we know we know you can't get enough of us so have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event visit themessybackend.com speaking and send us your event details it's true we love speaking and we also want to thank our sponsor yes women's network where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com Also, our advertiser, PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. Hold on a second. Oh, he's not wearing pants, so he has to adjust his camera with his camera off. Yeah, exactly. It's work-life balance, right? Like, I've decided (laughs) years ago that I wouldn't want to have a work I have trained people before where they stood up and were in their underwear and walked around and totally forgot we could see them in the training. <laughs> um, it happened to my husband, a general in the army. <laughs> they were like, sir, sir, look down. <laughs> they had turned his mic off. He just forgot to turn the camera off. And so they actually had to text him and he was like, oh. <laughs> Well, fantastic, guys. Well, I will let you get back to your pizza, Nate, and I'm sure, Sheila, you have other important things to do. I'm going to oh. go eat a cupcake now. Do it. <laughs> you deserve it. Have a, have a lovely and amazing birthday. Yeah. All right. <laughs>